today on Lawyers Rising. So we've seen people who have turned down offers that are great offers for them because of unrealistic expectations. How any senior attorney with no business can still get a job. Hello and welcome. I'm joined today by two members of the BCG Attorney Search Team. Bree Mills is Recruiting Manager and Harrison Barnes is the Chief Executive and Managing Director. Hello to you all. Let's talk about myths, shall we? Specifically the myth that if you're a senior attorney with no business, it's going to be really problematic for you to find a job in any law firm. Uh, before we dig into you know, maybe why this is a myth, I'll just open it up to either of you about how prevalent this myth is. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, one of the problems is that, you know, it is true that it's more difficult for senior attorneys to find jobs. But but the big thing is, is that, you know, attorneys don't realize is that they're they're likely to receive a lot of, you know, rejection in the market. But a lot of times they just don't know how to look for a job. So that's that's one of the, the major, you know, the major problems, I think. And, and because it's more difficult, I think that people are kind of under the impression that it's impossible and they give up and they retire early and all sorts of things. And I think a lot of in a lot of cases, just a question. They really don't know how to look for a job. Have you encountered a lot of clients over the years that come to you basically thinking that their legal careers are over because of this? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, and because it's more difficult for a recruiter to place someone without business, I mean, most recruiters, a lot of times are hesitant to work with senior people without business. Most um, attorneys that are senior without business, I mean, they, they, they kind of believe that the only thing that they can do is go in-house. And so that's kind of how what they end up doing a lot of times is going in-house. They just, you know, instead of looking, you know, doing a very extensive search for a law firm job. Okay. Let's talk about the ways that senior attorneys with no business can find new positions. First with the idea that you need to kind of change your mindset a little bit. You need to realize that you're a commodity, you have value, you just need to find a buyer. Why is it so important to, uh, to change your mindset, Harrison or Bree? Well, I think the main reason that it's difficult to change your mindset is just because of the, the prevalent belief that, you know, it's so difficult for a senior attorney to find business and I'm ready to find work. So a lot of times they just kind of believe, you know, it's over. By changing your mindset, I mean, you know, what I'm really talking about is, you know, there's always, if you know what you're doing and a senior attorney does know what you're they're doing, there's always going to be a buyer for what you, for what you offer. It's just most times it's not going to be a traditional buyer. So, I mean, you have a product that, you know, is still in demand, but you have to find the right buyer. Yeah. And I think often the, the changing the mindset is, is we're talking often about attorneys who are senior attorneys who are not on partner track, like in a big law firm. And there is definitely a mindset to that type of attorney who you're, you're working this big law firm and you kind of think of this traditional path. You kind of get on this path early and you stay on this path and you see success as being in this type of law firm and continuing on, you know, to be a partner in a big firm. And if that is kind of not becoming an option for you, you're, you're, you're trying to change from this big law firm to another big law firm and you're not getting much success because those big law firms don't want you. So it's really a matter of changing your mindset of like, what what does work look like for me going forward and for the next 20 years of my life? Because we're talking about senior attorneys who are, you know, seven or eight years out of law school. So they're not senior people, but they are looking for, you know, to kind of continue on in the same type of environment that they've been in. And like, that's not necessarily going to work for them anymore. And they just need to understand where their value is and that there is going to be a different kind of buyer, like Harrison said, out there for that skill set. I mean, you've got great training. You've, you've come up in this with this great training and lots of law firms have business that might need that service um, that you're going to have the expertise to do. So just kind of changing what you think is success and, and what 
means you're a successful lawyer doesn't necessarily mean that you continue on in this big law firm um, sphere. Well, to that point, is looking for a different kind of law firm key to that process? Maybe a a startup or a newer up-and-coming law firm? Yeah, I mean, it isn't always. It is a lot of times. What a a senior attorney without business is, is really looking for is they're looking for, you know, some sort of kind of, you know, inefficiency. You know, like they're, they're that you need to find a market that where there's just something inefficient. I mean, the problem with with a lot of major law firms, and so if you take very large law firms, you know that with you know with large branch offices and so forth, they tend to be very well run uh, for the most part. Um, not all of them are, but they tend to be very efficient. So. You know, an attorney, you know, most attorneys will not make partner. Most will be asked to leave or leave on their own. People that get more senior, if they don't have any business, unless they have a real niche in the firm, they, they'll they be asked, they'll, be, they'll ask, be asked to leave. So those are very kind of dangerous, efficient markets. And um, the more efficient they are, you know, the more difficult it's going to be um, for a senior attorney to get in there because they're not going to fit the model. So, you know, to your point, um, startup and up and coming firms are are great places, you know, for attorneys to find jobs. I think I've spoken about that, you know, in the article. But you know, s- startup firms are, you know, oftentimes started with you know attorneys that have a lot of business, or they're started by young, very good business generator attorneys um, that are able to bring in large clients, and you, know, you just don't know how it's happening. But they need people to service that work because they're a new firm. They don't necessarily need partners with business, and they're they're just kind of they have some kind of niche in the market that they're able. Does that necessarily mean that established law firms are are closed to you, or is there still a potential for you to stay in in a similar kind of position that you had previously? No, I mean established firms are 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 also a a real possibility, and you know I think typically though they you know it'll typically the the placements in established law firms will be in, in in my experience have been in niche practice areas, so they tend to be in things like you know ERISA. Um, you know, different aspects of corporate law, patent law, you know, anything where the person kind of has rare skills that, you know, are um, are not going to, are, are very difficult um, for people to find. You know, one example that I gave in the article, I think I gave a couple different articles. I had um, a woman that had been a partner at Barnes and Thornburg and she had been working for another partner at Barnes and Thornburg and they were servicing some, uh, you know, ERISA work at the firm and her partner ended up getting shot when she met someone online and went out on a bad date and and she ended up you know out of work for for quite a while and you know i sent her to a firm in texas just kind of and she decided to look at other markets and that firm had you know a, a partner that had left that had a big book of business or was leaving and they needed someone to take it over and so she did did that work you know securities attorneys are um you know i've placed several of them uh you know in senior roles and kind of you know where they're the only securities attorney in an office real estate i mean all, it, it tends really to be more transactional practice areas that are easier for people to get into large law firms for whatever reason without any business. Yeah. So just to emphasize those points, you know, be willing to be flexible geographically, look at new practice areas, uh, maybe look at law firms that are opening a new branch office. These are all great ways to potentially open up a, a different part of the market to yourself. Yeah. New. Well, that's right. And so, you know, the other one is new branch, uh, you know, branch offices, law firms, typically what happened, it was interesting in the, um, 1980s is all these law firms were opening offices in New York 
law firms are opening offices in Los Angeles and they would fail, most of them. But um, what they ended up doing was they, they hired just tons and tons of partners without any business because they wanted to have their offices staff so they look strong. So, you know, anytime an office opens up, a law firm opens a branch office, they sometimes will bring in people without business because they don't have any other options and then feed them work. Or, you know, new practice areas is another example that I gave. If the law firm's open in new practice areas, a lot of times they'll bring in people too that way. Harrison, is it easier than if you're more of a specialist as opposed to a generalist if you're looking for work? Uh, it's much easier um, to, to get a position in, in kind of an established law firm if you're a specialist than it is if you're a generalist. Um, you know, specialists can be kind of plugged into, you know, there, there's always kind of a demand for, uh, you know, specialists in, in most markets because there's just, there's, there's fewer of them, you know. So anytime you're a specialist, you have training that other attorneys can't, uh, you know, you can do work that other types of attorneys can't do and, and, and that sort of thing. So you're, you're definitely more marketable, especially through a recruiter if you're a specialist. You know, if you're a senior attorney or a generalist, I mean, you have to kind of think about the differences between different size law firms. So, you know, if you want to move to like, you know, Aspen, Colorado or some kind of, you know, fun place like that, you know, or some kind of smaller market where, you know, where you want to kind of retire, you don't want to work as hard. You know, there's a lot of smaller law firms, you know, the smaller the law firm and the smaller the market, the more likely you are to be a generalist. This article that I wrote is kind of more geared towards, you know, attorneys that are, you know, have come out of large law firms or big markets and, and believe that they're unemployable. You know, they are employable. They just need to be kind of more flexible geographically, I think. Yeah, we've been talking about how you need to maybe expand your view of the kinds of jobs that uh, you're willing to accept, the locations in the country where you're willing to move. I have to imagine, though, that another big issue is just dealing with people's egos, uh, people that have been accustomed to making large quantities of money and perhaps without a lot of work. They have to kind of adjust their expectations somewhat about what they're going to be able to get going forward. Absolutely. So I think we deal with a lot of attorneys who are senior attorneys making very large salaries at big law firms. And they're used to sort of managing a lot of attorneys under them and having a lot of support, whether it be like legal secretaries or paralegals and, and being a little bit the one in charge. And we are constantly trying to manage expectations of our senior attorneys because we have seen lots of senior attorneys actually turn down offers. Um, they might even be a senior attorney who's unemployed and they get a great offer. And they're like, well, I was making you know X amount of money at my old job. And this is for, you know, like let's say I'm making 300,000 at my old job and this is only for 150. And it's like, well, okay, you're making zero now because you're not employed. But there is definitely a bit of this, this sort of like ego checking, like they kind of to peg their value to what they were making and are not really willing to entertain kind of the new landscape of, of what they need to to be looking at um, you know, in their job search. So we've seen people who have turned down offers that are great offers for them um, just because of, of real unrealistic expectations. Yeah. I mean, they definitely have unrealistic expectations and that's a big problem. I think a lot of times the ego is attached to the quality of the law firm. So, you know, when you're in a large law firm, a lot of times the attorneys will talk negatively about about, you know, different types of law firms that are, you know, they'll, they'll think that are beneath them and and so forth. And, you know, which is just crazy because, you know, then they, they end up not working at all. Uh, another thing I see, you know, is that they're hesitant to look at a lot of law firms. If you have a product and, you know, and it's not necessarily going to be in demand everywhere, you, ha you have to advertise it more. You know, if somebody's trying to um, sell something that a lot of people that it may be difficult to, you know, sell, I mean, it's it, the, the the seller is going to, he needs to 
market it to a lot of people. You have to look at a lot of different firms a lot of times to be able to find um, the right job. So the biggest mistake that I see is a refusal to apply to a lot of firms is a major one. And then also a refusal to um, look at a lot of markets is another one. You know, you need to really get out there. The people that apply to the most markets and apply to the most jobs and apply to firms that may not even have openings with the expectation that maybe the law firm will hire them as a business opportunity typically do the best. But a lot of times people, for whatever reason, think, you know, that getting rejected is a huge reflection on them and it's, it's all about their ego. And reality, these are just business decisions and no one cares. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, to dig into that a little bit more about how you need to have realistic expectations, maybe it's important for those looking for work to understand the perspective of, of potential employers. I've heard you say this before, Harrison, that you know law firms can get burned all the time. It's not very common in the industry to badmouth other attorneys if they've been fired, if they've had other personal issues, et cetera. So for the prospective employer who have may have been burned in the past, they're going to be a lot more suspicious about a senior partner or a senior attorney uh, looking for work once again, probably wondering what are the skeletons in this person's closet. And thus that kind of diminishes your overall saleability in the marketplace. The biggest drawbacks about with senior attorneys and, you know, from the law firm's perspective that, you know, that a senior attorney needs to understand is, you know, even though they have, they may have very good legal skills, a lot of times they have a certain way of doing things that's kind of set in, you know, set in stone. And that means that it may be difficult for them to follow orders um, and to do things the way that others, you know, expect them to be done. And that's a problem. You know, they may be very smart, um, but being smart doesn't mean that they have the work. So really, I mean, they're, they're really working for the person that ha- whoever has the work is who they're working for. So everybody kind of out there wants to feel important and, you know, like they're a big deal and so forth. And, and, and the problem, I think, with, you know, a lot of times with, with a senior attorney is they, you know, they don't necessarily make the people around them feel important. They don't necessarily, you know, run off and, and get things done, you know, the way someone that was more junior might. And I think that creates a problem. Other issue too, is if, you know, someone has got, you know, 30, 40 years of experience, they've got eight or nine years of experience, um, you know, they're, they're, they may kind of upset the apple cart, you know, because the law firm wants to bring in you know, people that are going to at least try to make partner and work hard, or if they're very, very senior, um, they may not work as hard and may kind of undermine kind of the people around them that way too, in terms of, you know, setting a tone that, that maybe is, isn't as, you know, hard working and so forth as everyone else. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, well, one thing that law firms are also looking at is like, they already have attorneys who've maybe been there since the beginning of their career. And they're kind of going down the path of, of partnership and kind of have been there with the firm for the whole time. Um, so sometimes they're a little bit hesitant to bring in another senior attorney who might be viewed as like jumping the line. And this other attorney has been working there the whole time and putting in their time with that firm and growing with that firm. Um, so there is a little bit of sort of management dynamics and not wanting to like Harrison said, upset the apple cart by bringing in somebody um, who's a bit of an unknown quantity and who didn't, you know, you know, make weight at the previous firm that they're at. So, because there's definitely a lot of law firm politics and, you know, from a management perspective, they don't want to be upsetting their attorneys that have been there a long time. They want to retain those attorneys. So bringing in somebody to kind of jump the line can be 
you know, something that they might not be that open to doing. And I think that marketing yourself properly is, is really an important skill to gain, which a lot of attorneys actually don't have. I mean, you're not, that's not really a skill that you're developing is knowing exactly how to market yourself to law firms. You're learning how to market yourself to clients, but you might have sort of let those skills atrophy of like how to make your best case for the law firm. We have a, one of my recruiters is working with a kind of senior, um, he graduated in like 2009. He's a bit more of a senior attorney. He did work at a big law firm like years ago and then he was in-house and then he had like a solo shop. And I, I just saw this candidate's all of a sudden getting interviews at top firms. Um, and I'm taking a look at this candidate's profile and my recruiter has these notes that like we really reworked his resume. He did not know how to market himself um, and did not think she was going to get much traction with him, but she was able to really see the value and understand how to position him. And now he's getting these these great interviews because um, we just see resumes come in where it's like, what what is this guy done? Like, what what is this resume? What story is this resume telling me? And the, and the attorney really just didn't know how to present himself in the best light for the law firms to see the value in him. Um, so getting some help from from a recruiter to, to package yourself properly, which is something you might not have learned to do in the last few years, just practicing can really make all the difference. I'd like to dig into that point a little bit more about how to properly market yourself. You know, one of the techniques that, you know, advertisers, other kinds of companies do is just to hammer you with as many ads as possible during the day. You ignore most of them, but some of them seep through. Is it similar when you're trying to market yourself as an attorney? Do you want to hit as many law firms as humanly possible? Is that a good technique? I think so. As a senior attorney, not every attorney, but as a senior attorney, I do think it's 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 a good idea. And the reason is, is because, I mean, the first thing you can do is you can apply to openings. And so you have these other businesses that I came up with. And a lot of times it was because I saw the people not getting jobs correctly. And one of them is Law Crossing. And Law Crossing goes out and it searches the, the website of every you know law firm in the country, every you know public interest, in-house job, and, and anything that we can find that puts those jobs on there. And then it it also puts older jobs on there too, which is kind of cool, which I'll talk about in a minute. But um, the reason that it's a good idea to look at Law Crossing is it's it takes puts jobs on there regardless of whether or not there's advertisements for them. So, or whether or not, you know, regardless of whether or not the the employer's paying. So every job that's on there is a, a job that is, you know, research for the most part, and not a paid employer job. So those jobs are, you know, there. And, and if you look, you can almost always find any senior attorney can almost always find jobs that match them in different parts of the country or even in their own city. And just to keep in mind how big the market is, I mean, you know, there's tens of thousands of law firms in Los Angeles and New York City and thousands in Chicago and all these other major cities. So there's a lot of law firms out there. The other thing, uh, the advantage of just applying cold to law firms, even if you don't find a job on Law Crossing, you just use various directories, is when you, when you apply cold to law firms, every time you send someone your resume, you're basically offering them, it's a business proposal. You're saying, I have this skill. Are you interested in buying it? Can you make money with it? And a lot of times a law firm will see it and they'll say, yes, I can make money with that because we have you know, this huge litigation case and we don't have anybody senior to manage it and we need someone else to do it. Or we have this huge case or, or this, you know, this ongoing matter or this client that needs this type of work. And you know, law firms just as, you know, law firms aren't always good at articulating their needs or putting together business plans. And a lot of times, you know, they're just, they're, you know, people make business decisions instinctively. They're not always planned. I mean, sitting down and posting a job on your website or online and, and advertising and calling recruiters takes a lot of planning. And to say that all hiring is done based on planning is, is insane because it's not. 
People get jobs informally all the time. Um, they get jobs when they're just applying places in because it's a business opportunity and they do it. And, you know, I mean, I, for example, I'm in um, Malibu, California, and there's not a lot of people here. And the person that works for me, you know, and, is, and helps me with legal stuff in my office just basically walked in one day and said that, you know, I know you're one of the only attorneys working in, you know, an office here in Malibu. Do you have something for me? And I hired the person. So, People get jobs like that all the time. And, you know, sending a resume out to firms is, is just a really smart thing to do. I mean, it's you, you'd be crazy not to. And just because people say no doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or just because you need a job doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. I mean, lawyers have these just doesn't make sense to me. Like they're they don't want to be rejected. And they think it's someone saying something. It's a, it's, you know, or they don't. They don't want to like apply places because I think people will think negatively of them. And I and I hear this from attorneys all the time. And the problem is, is when you do this, I mean, the only thing you're doing is you're just not giving getting yourself a job. So you're not only, you know, hurting your ability to earn an income, but you're hurting your ability to participate in the workforce in the world. I mean, it's just it doesn't make any sense to me. So I definitely feel that people undermarket themselves. I think they do it consciously. Um, I think that you know law firms don't know how to articulate their openings, and um, attorneys don't know how to make the fact that they need a job known to law firms or they're interested in it. And because of that, you know, law firms often make much less money than they could. So do attorneys and um, both parties suffer. I was really interested in something you just said there, Harrison, because earlier in the conversation, we were discussing about how you have to check your ego a little bit. You got to be willing to maybe make a little less money than you have in the past working uh, maybe smaller kinds of firms, for example, or in a different geographical location. But here you're saying you need to also be quite confident in your skills, know that you have something that others will want and be prepared for the rejection. Don't take it too personal. I find that quite interesting just on a kind of psychological level. Yeah. And I think the the rejection piece is a huge one, especially when we're talking about attorneys who have had a certain amount of success in their career and they've been following this this previously laid out path. You really start to feel like you are owed something. Um, And so when you start applying to places and people are like rejecting you, um, it starts to kind of challenge that narrative that you've built for yourself. Um, and so you really just have to develop a bit of a thick skin and understand that uh, this is what you have to do at this stage in your career. And the rejection is going to come. You just have to kind of grin and bear it because you know if, if you if your fear of rejection is preventing you from even applying to to more law firms and trying to find a new place to call home you're just you're not you're going to end up having to probably leave the practice of law which is you know a very sad um, outcome just because you were scared to kind of take the risk right and a law firm's not rejecting they're just making a business decision i mean you know i drive by um, auto dealerships all the time and see you know thousands of cars just lining there. I mean, I'm, not, I'm rejecting them. I'm not going to buy them. I mean, it's like, I mean, I guess the, those aren't people, but but people are selling services all the time and not everybody's buying their services and people sell things door. I mean, it's just, you have to get out there and sell yourself. And the thing to remember too, is the most important attorneys are the ones that are selling. The, the ones that are employed are the ones that are going out there and they're selling clients and bringing in work for you to do. Well, you need to sell yourself to the, if you're not selling yourself to clients and you're going to need to sell yourself to employers, I mean, you need to sell and what you need to do and you need to get out there. You need to apply to lots and lots of places. And the other thing too, is that, you know, you just never know because a lot of times when you apply somewhere, you know, that it may lead to something else. You know, you may, you may meet someone, they may not have something for you, but they may refer you to someone else or, you know, I've, 
when, you know, I've seen it, you know, sometimes people may call you and say, you know, we don't have anything, but we know this person that has something or, you know, you just never know. So you have to get out there and market yourself. See, it's the most important thing. I'm sure you've encountered people over the years who were very, well, somewhat thick headed, I guess, when it comes to being willing to, to change, being willing to go to other places in the country, et cetera. Are those sorts of personalities like, will they have a come to Jesus moment eventually if they're not getting hired or is it kind of hard for them to, to come around over time? Well, I mean, it is hard for them, uh, you know, and it's not just, you know, I mean, it's not just looking at other markets. I mean, sometimes if you live in a major market, you know, in a big city, you know, um, of more than a million people or so, you can, you know, you just have to get very granular and find all the firms in your city that do the kind of work you do and just apply to them. But yeah, people typically don't have um, these come to Jesus moments. I mean, a lot of people don't. I mean, they don't want to move and they're settled. And I can understand that. I mean, if you're settled and your kids are in school and you don't want to go somewhere, you know, for those reasons, or your family's there, you have a, you know, sick child, or I mean, I, I, there's, there could be all sorts of reasons um, you may not want to move. But, you know, for the most part, you, you know, you, you definitely want to make sure you don't undermarket yourself in your, the market you're in. And then if that's not going to work, then look at other markets. I think it's worthwhile here to give a shameless plug to BCG Search uh, and why your team, why it'd be a good idea for lawyers to, to bring on um, your company to, to help them find future jobs. Like, What do you offer that, say, just a lawyer on their own, an attorney on their own couldn't do? What, what's the services that you offer that um, will really kind of help them over this over this hump? Well, I mean, we have over, you know, like, uh, you know, over 100 employees that are doing nothing but like looking for jobs and then classifying jobs and writing programs to help us find jobs. And then, you know, keeping track of, you know, over the past 20 years, every law firm that's interviewed senior people, um, we have tools that allow us, you know, to get openings from firms that they may not normally have. We can send candidates to firms that don't necessarily have openings, but in a highly targeted way. And then we can do so all over the country, you know. So we, we have a lot of resources that other people don't. I mean, there's things that, you know, everything that we do, an attorney can do on their own. Uh, to some extent, it just wouldn't be as focused. So, you know, if it's a market like, you know, Chicago, um, we may contact, you know, if someone's very senior, you know, we may only, you know, there might only be 30 or 40 firms that we think are good fits. Whereas, you know, if someone was doing the work on their own, they might have to apply to 2000. I mean, it's just that that's kind of what we do. And then we help make a, a case for, you know, what the attorney does and how they're a good fit. You know, and then we just, it, it's, everything is more focused. And then, you know, and by being more focused, it's, it's, we're selling you. So we, you know, we will um, put together a pitch for the attorney that is basically what we know that the law firm is going to make the law firm like you um, or be interested in you. And we can say things about you that um, if you said them on your own, you would look bad. But if we say them, you look, uh, you know, just puffing and talking about how great you are and that sort of thing. And those those are kind of the things that a recruiter does. And then a recruiter prepares you for interviews, tells you what not to say. Uh, a lot of times people may have be, be saying what they may, you know, say the wrong things or they may come into interviews with preconceptions about the way they should talk about things and what, you know, so they a good recruiter is going to help you you know, say the correct things in interviews. Um, they're going to give you feedback. They're going to, a lot of times when two people are coming together, there's, 
you know, there, there can be one side may not quite understand the other and things fall apart for that reason. And a good recruiter that gets in the middle kind of can explain both perspectives in a way that doesn't upset either side. And then they come together. Yeah. And I think that we really can think creatively and strategically in a way that the attorneys are not sort of primed to think as far as their job search goes. I mean, we've kind of already talked about it, but I think a big part of what we do is understanding the market and finding that opportunistic possibility. I think a lot of attorneys um, are really just primed to like, let me look for firms that are currently hiring. And we have taken out that we understand that 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 is sometimes the worst place to go because there's so much competition for those jobs because everybody is is applying to those jobs. So I think a lot of attorneys just wouldn't even think to just start approaching firms that might have a need for them. Um, So we can guide the attorney's path in that respect that I I just think that we, we are experts in finding the right opportunities in the right firms. And it would just take a lot longer for the attorney to do the market research, understand the firms and have sort of the guts to just start sending his materials around without without knowing that there's an opening there. Just having somebody in your corner to bounce off the reasons why this is happening is going to be hugely beneficial, I imagine, just to keep your spirits up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what Harrison mentioned too about like interview prep, I mean, it's it's sort of important to have somebody to to do that back and forth with and, and start to hone your answers because, um, you know, you might have some unconscious things that are seeping into your, uh, your interview that are sort of your own fears of rejections and your expectations and all these things that are, that kind of come off poorly. Um, And if you don't have anybody to practice with on that front and give you like a positive, positive feedback and honest feedback about, okay, well, like that answer really um, doesn't come off well. And for these reasons, and let's, let's work on that. Let's think about what, what can we say instead of that? Why are you looking for a new opportunity? What happened at your last law firm? What are you going to say to those, those questions? Um, Absolutely. I think it can be very lonely and, and just have no actual feedback as, as to, um, how you're coming off in this whole process without somebody whose whole job it is to get you a job. You know, I'd like to wrap things up momentarily, but my big takeaway from this conversation is the importance of marketing yourself, viewing yourself as a product, which is sort of uh, an uncomfortable thing, I think, for many people. Uh, and in order to uh, to better place yourself to, to succeed in your job search, that's my big takeaway. I'd love to hear what uh, Harrison or Bree, any closing thoughts you might have on this. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely right. I think it's it's opening opening up your search, being aggressive, and and having persistence, and understanding you know what what the new landscape for you, for your legal career is going to look like, and being being okay with that. Um, you know, setting aside your ego, setting a, creating the right expectations, and not giving up. Yeah, that's the uh, the biggest thing. Is I mean, you just you you can't give up. Um, you need to be applying to lots and lots of places. Um, you can't be overly selective. You need to realize that, you know, you're, you're competing, you know, with people that are, are younger, uh, in the many cases, hungrier. And even if you are hungrier than the younger people, like that's not the perception. Uh, you need to realize how you're perceived. Uh, and you need to read um, the article that I have here. And you also need to read our article, other articles about what the kind of the the way negative ways that uh, attorneys without business are perceived. You need to, um, you know, you need to use services like I've, uh, I, you know, I recommended law crossing just because every job on there. A lot of people don't understand how um, job sites work. Whether you're using Indeed or whatever site, those sites are showing jobs uh, for the most part that um, employers are paying to put on there. You know, you're not seeing every job. 
Um, most employers do not know how to market their jobs. And so Law Crossing takes those jobs and puts gets them on there. So that's a good resource for you. Even better resource is, is, the, is a good recruiter like BCG. Um, you know, we don't, we, keep, we don't have the resources to work with everyone that approaches us. But, you know, certainly um, if a good recruiter gets involved with you, um, you should take, do whatever they say, you know, because, uh, you know, they, they, they know what they're doing. BCG is is a different is is not a, a recruiting firm. It's more of a placement firm. So, and by that, what I mean is that we we don't go out and cold call people for the most part for individual positions. Um, we certainly have recruiters in our company that do a bit of that, but for the most part, we specialize in legal placement. So that means that you know we we base all of the work we do on research and, and getting you out to the correct firms and matching people up and knowing where to send you and and having very very good research and. Um, information and and training people to do that and um, and that's been our model and we're very successful at it. Um, other recruiters tend recruiting firms tend to be more like you know kind of sales organizations and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean everybody has a place in the in the ecosystem, um, so I'm not being critical of them. But you know if one of them calls you with a specific job, I mean by all means you should you know talk to them about it. We're a placement agency, so as a placement agency, we have resources and do things in a different way than. Um, other places do. So, you know, if we work with you, that would be great. You know, there's other services, you know, that you can find that can help you too. But, you know, the big thing is, is, you know, the other thing I brought up in the article that I just wanted to make sure that um, people understand is there's all these services that, you know, um, older attorneys will, will use. They'll, they'll hire, you know, services to, you know, put keywords in their resume and to give them these kind of long, you know, resumes, professional resumes, and they'll hire career coaches and so forth. And I think a career coach may have its place, but, you know, and, and there's some advantages to it. But I mean, all these things, you know, whether it's doing your resume and dialing up your resume, a dialed up resume makes you kind of look desperate a lot of times, a super professional resume, because it, it's it's like more, you know, flash than substance. Most resumes are okay and don't need a ton of work. And, the other thing is, is, you know, a career coach can talk to you about your job search all they want. But, you know, the, the, the main thing you need to realize is that the most important thing is just taking action and getting out there and applying to jobs. I mean, nothing is more important and applying to firms. That's that's the only thing that's going to make any type of difference for you um, in terms of getting a position. So that's that's kind of my um, recommendation that I would say. That's all the time we have for this edition of Lawyers Rising. My thanks to Bree Mills and Harrison Barnes. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.